ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Bhagavad Gita as it is translation and commentary by his divine grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swamikavad Okay remove it now Chapter 15 text 10 Utkramantam sthitam vapi Utkramantam sthitam vapi Bhunjanang vagunan vitam Vimurhananupashyanti Pashyanti Jnana Chakshushaha Translation The foolish cannot understand how a living entity can quit his body, nor can they understand what sort of body he enjoys under the spell of the modes of nature. But one whose eyes are trained in knowledge can see all this. Purport The word jnana chakshushaha is very significant. Without knowledge one cannot understand how a living entity leaves his present body nor what form of body he is going to take in the next life nor even why he is living in a in a particular type of body. This requires a great amount of knowledge understood from Bhagavad Gita and similar literatures heard from a bona fide spiritual master. One who is trained to perceive all these things is fortunate. Every living entity is quitting his body under certain circumstances he is living under certain circumstances and he is enjoying under certain circumstances under the spell of material nature as a result he is suffering different kinds of happiness and distress under the illusion of sense enjoyment persons who are everlastingly fooled by lust and desire lose all power to understand their change of body and they stay in a particular body they cannot comprehend it those who have developed spiritual knowledge however can see that the spirit is different from the body and is changing its body and enjoying in different ways a person in such knowledge can understand how the conditioned living entity is suffering in this material existence therefore those who are highly developed in krishna consciousness try their best to give this knowledge to the people in general for their conditional life is very much troublesome they should come out of it and be krishna conscious and liberate themselves to transfer to the spiritual world condemnatory term vimurha or vimurhaha plural foolish person vimurha very foolish so foolish they have no idea where they're coming from why they're here or where they may be going to nor do they even think to think about it and if they do think to think if they think that well we should think about these things then they are likely to be called foolish for thinking about these most important things there's one essay in back to godhead by ravindra swarup prabhu who describes 
how he entered university in the philosophy class because he questions such as these were troubling him. which is a sign of intelligence. So in the first class on philosophy, the professor asked the assembled students, well, what do you understand by the term philosophy? So Ravindra Sarup, at that time he was known by a different name, he was immediately prepared to answer this. So he said, philosophy means to know where you're coming from, who you are and where you're going to. So the professor, I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember exactly what he said. He said, yes, there's someone in, in this room who asks questions like this and I can give you the answer. My name is Keith Cracknell. I'm coming from... Dorset Hall, I'm standing in front of you now and I'm after this I'll go on to Barnet Hall. Clever answer. Well, that might be, some philosophers might take that to be the ultimate answer. It's not really a philosophy. Be here now, the, the present moment is all that matters. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur also said something similar to that. Of course, that's not the totality of his understanding, but, but Bhaktivinoda Thakur said that we shouldn't lament for the past or dream about the future, act now. So that's uh, a good understanding, but it's not that one should place oneself entirely in the present. Mm, one should look at the past and understand that I'm in a, by, by looking at the past one can understand I'm in a miserable situation and by getting knowledge one can understand that I can free myself from this situation so one should act in the present in such a way as to make one's future better than one's past. Mm. And Ravindra Saru, uh Oh yeah, he went on to say that uh, Another philosophy professor uh, defined philosophy as um, having a good idea about what you're confused about. <laughs> because philosophy is like that. Nasav Rishir, Yasya Matamna Bhinnam. Every philosopher has a different opinion. One philosopher will establish something else, someone else will come along and criticize that and show the faults in it and it goes round and round in circles. And then you get swings in philosophy and in attitudes between uh, hard realism and materialism and then that swings to uh, more vagueness or romanticism and it goes back on pendulums. And, and that we have to define everything very clearly. Well, we can't define everything very clearly. And goes on and on, round and round in circles. Then Ravindra Saru Prabhu described that 
when he met Srila Prabhupada, then he was someone completely different. Srila Prabhupada was not dealing in vaguenesses, maybe this, maybe that. But he was very clear, he had clear answers to these questions. Who am I? Where am I coming from? Where am I going to? Clear answers. And the answers were not based on mental speculation. All the philosophy in the world, it's all mental speculation. Even most of the religious philosophy, what we call religion, it may be de derived from scripture, but people simply pick up some scripture and then they speculate. Therefore we have Bhagavad Gita as it is, which gives clear knowledge of these important questions. Where we're coming from, where we're at, and where we're going to. But foolish people don't understand this. Bhagavad Gita gives clear knowledge and it's a summation of all the Vedic knowledge. So for more details we can refer, for instance, to the Srimad Bhagavatam, which describes in some detail in the third canto about how the the sinful person comes to the human form of life and then continues to be sinful and comes to the form of life, human form of life in due course but by continuing to be sinful continues to suffer in this world and it seems like a vicious cycle because his mentality is sinful so he acts sinfully and he goes to hell and then eventually after going through many species of life he comes to the human form of life and then again due to his the nature that he has acquired under the modes of material nature he acts again sinfully and then it goes on and on and on and on so what well how to how can this circuit be broken well there's the mercy of the devotees <laughs> who inform, give knowledge of Krishna. So we're not simply condemning, or Krishna's not simply condemning, but he gives a clue how to break this cycle, as he gave to Arjuna. Arjuna was also in the category of a vimurha before hearing from Krishna. Although he was raised in a culture in which it was accepted that there is repeated birth and death but he didn't understand the process very deeply just like in modern India Hindus they all accept that there is birth and death repeated birth and death and so you'll hear people say something like well I don't know what I did in my previous life to deserve what I'm getting now so people, they have a general understanding of I'm suffering now because of something I did wrong previously in the past. But they don't know in detail how this happens. And even if they have knowledge or they accept somehow or other that there is birth and death repeatedly, but they are misled in other ways. Just like Arjuna, he was misled in other ways. He was he thought that worldly dharma 
and the the benefit of human society is the main consideration not understanding that the main consideration is not the condition of this world which is anyway dukkhalaya mashashvatam however much arjuna may have been uh, desirous to maintain the condition of the world uh, it is by it is by nature full of suffering and that's krishna's job to make to when it when things get too much out of order then krishna whenever there's dharma glani when there's too much decline in the proper order of observance of varnashram dharma then krishna himself descends and actually he descends with bhima and arjuna for the sake of restoring that dharma so arjuna in one sense his protestations against fighting were correct but it isn't the whole picture it's not his job to decide it's not arjuna's prerogative to decide uh whether the fight should take place on on what grounds it should take place and it's not arjuna's prerogative to state what is dharma dharma was present before arjuna personally krishna is dharma personified and arjuna wanted to tell krishna well actually you haven't really understood what is dharma so i'll just explain it to you now uh, so arjuna was manifesting uh gross ignorance based on understanding of the vedic literature arjuna's arguments were not simply gross they were quite subtle they were quite deep based on an understanding of the teachings of the vedic literatures but it was a misunderstanding despite its despite the sophistication of arjuna's arguments his understanding was incorrect so krishna in bhagavad gita gave arjuna the eyes of knowledge by which he could understand uh what is the actual situation krishna acted as the uh guru of arjuna is a um an unusual situation certainly of course anything involving krishna is unusual because in this world everyone's forgetting krishna all the time but krishna and arjuna they appear to be friends and the position of a chariot driver is much inferior to that of the 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 sarathi his position sarathi his position is much inferior to that of the rathi the one who is driven in the chariot that's usually the position of a shudra to drive the chariot of course to drive a war chariot requires a lot of bravery and skill also but nevertheless it's uh, it's not maybe done by a shatra they may have to do so also shalya he was also expert in he also became he became karna sarathi he became the driver for karna uh and unlike krishna who was always giving encouragement to arjuna shalya was always uh telling karna what a fool he is 
but Karnan, he couldn't, he, he resented this, but he couldn't do anything about it because he needed an expert chariot driver. And there was no one better than Shalya at the job. So Krishna was anyway friends with Arjuna, but then he became the servant of Arjuna. Arjuna, he completely took on that role. He uh, ordered Krishna as the Rati, as the passenger on the chariot. He is. He has to order the chariot driver. Uh, he has to. He played that role completely, and uh, Krishna completely played that. On a battlefield, there's no messing around. Before the battle, it may have been Shayaneshu, Bhojaneshu, that Krishna and Arjuna may be relaxing and joking while lying down together or eating together, but on the battlefield, it has to be Vyavasayatmika Buddhihi. You have to be serious about what you're doing. Unless you're serious, you're dead. You have no chance of staying alive. Any. Yeah, moments in attention can mean death. So Krishna was the friend of Arjuna. Now he's taking the position of the servant of Arjuna. And then he took the position of the guru of Arjuna. <laughs> so it was a uh, multi-layered, nuanced relationship going on here. Just change my position. Okay. Now the eyes of knowledge. Arjuna was lacking the eyes of knowledge and Krishna gave him the eyes of knowledge. So everyone can get that knowledge. It's not that everyone has to go on being a fool forever. Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita actually superficially for Arjuna because Arjuna was already perfect, perfect devotee, but Krishna spoke the Bhagavad Gita for the benefit of others who are pious enough to hear it and accept it as it is. And those who accept it as it is will get the same result as Arjuna did. They'll, they'll be enlightened with the eyes of knowledge. And then they'll be free from the cycle of birth and death. Yatantas yoginam That's the next verse, isn't it? Yatanto yoginas chainam paschantyatmani vastitam. Yatanto pikritatmano nainang paschantichetasaha. So Krishna more or less, in many ways, says the same thing, or he just takes what's in the next verse, Krishna takes what he says in this verse. Uh, he talks about those who can see. The endeavoring transcendentalists who are situated in self-realization can see all this clearly. But those whose minds are not developed and who are not situated in self-realization cannot see what is taking place, though they may try to. So, uh, these two verses in two ways, Krishna saying, first of all, those who don't know, and then who do know. Uh, who can know? The, those who are yatanta, 
endeavoring, yogi, yogi nam, the yogis, the endeavoring transcendentalists, paschantyatmanyavastate, they can see what is the situation of the atma. This is to be understood. How is that to be understood? Ajnana timirandhasya jnananjana shalakaya chakshurin militam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha. The guru gives the eye of knowledge. The eye of knowledge means the understanding uh, is given through the ear by hearing. So Arjuna understood in one sitting and we are trying to understand in many sittings Endeavouring transcendentalists. We're supposed to be endeavouring transcendentalists. Uh, so by trying to understand gradually, this knowledge will become revealed. Divya-gyan-hride-prakashita. This knowledge becomes revealed in the heart gradually as we... Uh, hear it regularly, act upon it, and gradually come to realize the reality of this knowledge. Arjuna understood, yes, in, in one time, but we have to go. For us it will require regularly hearing, 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 and endeavoring, giving this knowledge to others also, by, especially by uh, distributing these books, means to give knowledge to others. Srila Prabhupada writes here, those who are highly developed in Krishna consciousness try their best to give this knowledge to the people in general. Try to give this knowledge to the people in general. They're not really qualified to hear it and they're not even very willing to hear it. So he may try to bring their attention to Krishna consciousness in various ways by festivals and chanting the holy name and distributing prasadam but ultimately, they have to take this knowledge of Krishna consciousness. Uh, you have to try to give them this knowledge. Srila Prabhupada's main endeavor in spreading Krishna consciousness all over the world was the writing of his books and then organizing or inspiring his disciples to distribute these books. And of course, he wanted his followers also to study and understand these books. So that's what these centers of Srila Prabhupada's Iskana are meant for. They're meant to be monasteries. And monasteries are traditionally places of uh, renunciation, study and prayer. So Brahmachari, Brahmachari Ashram is meant for especially for study. Traditionally, Brahmachari life means a life of study. But they're all the, the, the ISKCON centers are also meant for going out into the world and bringing this knowledge to others. So they differ from traditional Brahmachari ashrams in this way, that they're, they're preaching centers. We want to distribute this knowledge. And devotees have to be very busy to do so. Nowadays, a lot of preaching 
<laughs> can be done uh, simply by sitting on a computer. That's uh, a major cultural development over no more than the last 15 years or so that much of human communication nowadays is via the internet. So there is a lot of preaching to be done like that. But uh, however much we become absorbed in the internet our or how much human society becomes absorbed in the internet, our main preaching focus must be going out and personally going among people and meeting them, giving them Srila Prabhupada's books, inviting them to programs, uh, having public programs with there are all different levels of preaching, preaching to the to the mass that's done via festivals, by big public programs, by mass book distribution, uh, preaching to the class, it means preaching to intellectuals, to various leaders of human society, uh, focusing on the educated class, the students and professors. So there are various aspects of preaching, but devotees must be active in that and not only uh, in a sedentary way. We can also preach in a somewhat sedentary manner, but it's also required, uh, actually essential, to go out among people and bring this knowledge to them. Uh, most people don't think they have any need for this knowledge, but they need it. It's uh, it, it's somewhat comparable to someone who has a serious disease and they don't know they have it. That often happens, that people, they, they seem to be quite healthy, and then they get some pain in their body, they go for a checkup, the doctor tells them to get, get an x-ray, and then they're told they've got cancer. So they weren't aware of it, but they have a serious disease in their body. Of course, if someone has cancer, they usually uh, try to do something about it, to get cured. But the disease of material life, bhavaroga, it's more subtle and people, although there are doctors to diagnose this, that means those who have jnana chakshusha, those who can see through the eye of scripture, they can understand that everyone in this world is diseased and suffering due to forgetfulness of Krishna, not knowing their position within this material world. Why are we here? Why are we suffering? And mostly people don't even recognize that they're suffering. Or even if they do recognize that they're suffering, they think that, well, I just need to get some more money and more fashionable clothes and more makeup and then everything will be all right. They think that the... the the solution is insufficient sense gratification or that I have various obstacles to my sense gratification in the form that may come in various forms such as the uh, the landlord or the mother-in-law or you see various people and situations and circumstances I need to get a better job 
but we don't understand that the it's not the circumstances per se but it's the very fact that we're in this material world means that we must suffer so people either they don't recognize that they're suffering or they think that the solution is to make a material adjustment and they're so blind they don't see that even persons who are supposed to be the most happy and successful, they're not actually happy at all. And even if someone does appear to be happy, then they have to die. And then what? Don't know. And so some people make philosophies that, well, when you die, everything is finished. Or they have some uh, strange kind of religious understanding that you, you have to be in a particular sect and then you're saved and if you're not, you burn in hell forever. And no, no proper understanding. Now, the Krishna Conscious Movement is meant for giving this understanding, particularly to the members of the movement, those who have understood to some extent that I need to be enlightened with this knowledge. So particularly the members of this movement, there should be regular classes, uh, there should be study courses, they should read the books themselves uh, so that they can themselves be fixed in Krishna consciousness and so that they can bring that to others. And for the people in general, we need to bring this knowledge. It might seem that we're not being very successful because we've distributed so many books but there's no sign of any mass interest in Krishna consciousness, but we should go on distributing these books because even if one per if by all our efforts one person takes an interest in the knowledge well that's that's a great gain and we we can expect or we can pray that uh, as circumstances become more horrendous in the constantly degrading situation of human society uh, and if we ourselves become more enthusiastic and more competent in presenting this knowledge that there will come a time when uh, people in general or many people will start to take it very seriously so we should go on with that faith yesterday uh, one set of Bhagavatam was distributed by devotees from here. That's a, that's a great step forward. Even one Bhagavad Gita, one small book distributed, is, uh, it's even one, what to speak of many, it's a great victory for the Sankirtan movement. Someone takes a set of books, that means that they're, they're very interested to understand this philosophy. So people are taking sets of books, we must keep in contact with them, invite them regularly, offer them courses so, so they can systematically understand the knowledge in these books. For someone to sacrifice several thousand rupees on something which is telling them to give up sense gratification, uh, whereas people think that money is meant only for sense gratification, uh, that is that means that... Uh, the effect of, of distributing this knowledge is is seen, at least in the one person. So these are life-changing books. And devotees should be life-changing people in as much as 
not that they make a show or they try to impress others by uh, or by their act of acting or putting a cutting a profile of being a saintly person but that they're actually very different people that they're not concerned with the sense gratification of this world they're not concerned with the concerns that other people are concerned with or, or they they're concerned at a much deeper level people are concerned about some people are concerned about the degradation of society uh, but their solutions don't work and won't work and even if they appear to work there's no solution to birth death old age and disease apart from the knowledge given here in bhagavad gita so we should be very active in distributing this and preaching krishna consciousness is not it's not simply that we we're, we're preaching in the manner of something like christians or in the manner of some political party that we're simply trying to increase our numbers and to make a show but we should be seriously concerned about the fallen condition of humans the people are suffering they don't realize they can be uplifted by this knowledge by this practice by this way of life so our whole uh, meditation should be how to deliver people from this and at the same time the devotee should not think that i now i am going out to save the world no such thing devotee thinks of himself as a very fallen and lowly but uh, his faith in the orders uh, the teachings of shastra and of the acharyas and uh, as a humble servant goes into this world and tries to uplift others and bring them to krishna consciousness in the way that krishna brought arjuna it's not by force or any such thing it it wasn't that by showing yeah it's not by force krishna didn't tell arjuna that well look you better do what i say or i'll chuck you into hell he indicated that if arjuna didn't do that then that would be uh, that would be his destination he'd remain in ignorance with the result that he would have to suffer birth and death but krishna spoke to arjuna as an intelligent person uh, he respected arjuna's intelligence that arjuna could understand all this and krishna also it wasn't that he tried to impress or dazzle arjuna with with his opulence krishna undoubtedly has unlimited opulence he did of course show the universal form to arjuna but that was at arjuna's request when arjuna already understood that krishna is all opulent krishna could have at the beginning showed the universal form and said hey look i'm god you better do what i say i'm much bigger than you i'm much better than you but he didn't he he neither tried to harass arjuna of course verbally he told him he's a fool but then he didn't just tell him a fool he's a fool but he gave him the knowledge by which he could stop being a fool so krishna is the ideal guru as vande uh, krishnam jagat guru he's the uh, ideal guru and on the order of chaitanya mahaprabhu every devotee should be a guru they should learn as chaitanya mahaprabhu he was oh, 
he's also Krishna, the guru of the whole world, uh, he gave this chanting, gave this knowledge of Krishna consciousness. He asked others also, he gave responsibility to others. You go preach here, you go preach there. You do this, you do that. He gave different responsibilities to others. And we can express our gratefulness to Srila Prabhupada by uh, engaging in his mission as humble servants and uh, trying to bring this knowledge to others and at the same time ourselves becoming uh, ever deeper and more convinced of this knowledge. Hare Krishna. Any question about this please? Hmm. Yeah. Have a question? No. All right then, so finish. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, you were speaking about some of the topics you are following to the proper channel. Yeah. And, uh, recently, uh, in, in the Ask Vivikas uh, questions, one commissary from Germany sent you a question uh, wherein he says that he was uh, not able to keep the Brahmacharya, uh, he was not able to follow the principles of Brahmacharya properly. But, uh, you, you him. Oh, there was a devotee from Germany yeah, who wrote that he's he's not able to follow Brahmacharya properly, but he's also not cut out to be married, something like that, wasn't he? He was too old or something like that. What was his reason? Can you remember? Uh, according to the astrological calculation, according to astrological calculation, if he gets married, it'll be a disaster. Well, you don't have to be an astrologer. To say. And it's... In most, whoop, in in most cases, it's like that in the modern age. There's a there was a someone else, George Bernard Shaw, who is a famous Irish playwright, who is an atheist and a vegetarian. Uh, do you think that if you get married on a Friday, it'll be a it'll work out as a bad marriage because there used to be this idea that you shouldn't do anything auspicious on a Friday because that's the day that Jesus was crucified. So he said, yes, yes, that's true. And they were surprised because he's an atheist. That Why should he believe such a thing? So they said, why, why do you believe that? He said, well, why should it be different on Friday <laughs> to any other day? Anyway, there are so many jokes like this about marriage. First of all, the engagement ring, then the wedding ring, and then the boxing ring. Yes. Yes. Well, it's not always like that. These are brahmachari jokes, I guess. We have to encourage the householders. It's actually very laudable that they're able to practice Krishna conscious at all in such a bad age despite the uh, drawbacks of married life ah oh. so yeah what's the question about that he's neither fit to be a brahmachari nor fit to be a grihastha then yeah encourage him to carry on do some service 
do whatever service you can under the circumstances. What to do? What can be done? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, I, you can all remember better than me. I said that Germany is such a place where there's there's such a lack of Krishna consciousness. There's so few devotees trying to do anything to spread Krishna consciousness. Whatever you can do is a, is a great step forward. Krishna will appreciate that. We all have bad things in our minds and hearts. It's not easy to get rid of. You just can't flip a switch or the they're very deep-rooted desires for material enjoyment. So we may have to live with that. What is that? Prakashans cha nivriting cha. What's that from the 13th chapter? Isn't it? One who... One, he does... There may be times when we're enlightened and there may be times when we're attacked by maya but we should remain steady. We don't become disturbed. When we get some realizations, we don't think, oh, now I've become a Paramahamsa. But we should know that still that lower nature is there. And that may manifest at some time also, but still we have to go on with our service. Prakasham Shampravritincha, Mohameva Chapandava, Nadeshi Nadveshti. Is that. No. Yeah, one who's transcended the mode. In the, the modes, now I'm getting the influence of the mode of goodness. Now I'm being influenced by the mode of ignorance. But one who's transcended that, he sees that all these things are coming, but he doesn't become elated when the mode of goodness is prominent in him, nor depressed when the mode of ignorance attacks him. It's good. If you can remember the whole Bhagavad Gita, then you can memorize all the verses. It's a complete course in self-realization. I didn't do it myself. I'd like to. Maybe I Gurukul students. You can try. Try and remember as many as you can. It's your, it's your asana and your stock of weapons for conquering Maya and for explaining also to others. People, I, people become very pleased when we can explain things to them and their doubts are, are uh, cleared like that. Recently after a lecture I gave in some place, someone asked the common question, when in this material world the soul is not supposed to be involved so who's experiencing when we experience hunger pain thirst anger and I, I said well it is the soul and it isn't the soul the soul's not directly involved it's covered by the false ego and didn't seem very satisfied with that and then I gave the example pishachi paile jena motti chanohai maya grasta jiva hoi shibhavu doi just like a madman, he's, yeah, someone who's 
someone who's overcome by a ghost, he acts like a madman. So then I gave the example. Someone, sometimes you see someone who's attacked by a ghost and he may beat his parents. So is he doing it or is he not doing it? Then they got it. And then everyone was very appreciative. So if we can... In one sense you can say he's doing it, but in another sense he's not him, actually. So, Hare Krishna, anything else? Yeah, what? On one hand, expressing disappointment that devotee is not coming to the proper standard. On the other hand, encouraging someone who's not to the proper standard. Well, maybe I should have made the point more clear that in these cases, the the devotee. The, 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 I did say that, but I would reiterate that, that they just seem to think it's normal to act on this fallen platform. Everyone's doing it, so I'm doing it, and it's all right to be for what's wrong. Everyone knows it. Anyway, I'm chanting Hare Krishna, so what does it matter what else I do? This was a different case. The body was lamenting for his fallen condition and wanting to overcome that. So there is a difference. Hare Krishna. No, just I'm about to finish and again. All right. Why, even though we know what we should do, why don't we do it properly? That you have to answer yourself. And then if you ask, well, we want to do properly, but we, we're still not doing it properly, then we come to Bhagavad Gita again. Anicchana pivarshneya, even not desiring. Atakena prayuktayam papam charati purushaha anicchan. Api Varshneya Baladiva Neodita. Do you know this verse? Arjuna asks Krishna, why do we do the wrong thing even though we know it's wrong? It seems as if we're forced. And then Krishna explained it's due to material desire, therefore we have to strive to overcome material desire. If we're not striving to overcome material desire, then we'll have to succumb to it. It's not automatic. And then how to overcome? Then again, the position of jnana. Jahi shatrung mahabaho. Kama rupa dirasadam. This is jnanino nitya vayana. This is the uh, material desire is the enemy of knowledge, but it is by knowledge that we have to conquer material desire. And that's clarified also, um, or expanded upon in Bhagavatam, 
that we have to take Jnana-sina, the sword of knowledge from Krishna and Balaram, Achutta Bala. That comes through the disciplic succession from the Guru. And we have to be patient. Don't expect everything in one day. <laughs> yeah. That's nothing to do with this class. It's a commonly asked question. I've answered this dozens of times. You can ask Vrindavan Chandra. He can refer you to some, some time I've been asked about that. Hare Krishna, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavad Gita Ki Jai, Hare Krishna.